Welcome to Weekly Wins and Losses. My name is James Hepner, former real estate entrepreneur turned self-development hacker, coach, and fulfillment strategist. Each week, we bring you a thought to wrestle with that will help you live fully alive and gain more life. Real life is made up of both wins and losses. Both were designed for your good. That's basic reality. Without facing and learning how to embrace your losses for greater gain, you miss out. You leave 50% of your life experience on the table. So with that, let's begin the show. Well, welcome back. And I welcome you to podcast number three. Today's topic will be about participating with fear. Now that's a loaded, <laughs> that's a loaded uh, title. Notice I didn't say eliminate fear. Notice I didn't say how to get rid of fear. Notice I didn't say get rid of the thing that's bad. <laughs> yeah. I said participating with fear. So today we're going to dive neck deep, way down deep into the belly of the soul, what it looks like to actually utilize something in life that just doesn't seem to go away. Let's be honest, it's always been there. The inviting for us to lean into uh, an emotional you know, potion <laughs> that is presently and hard-baked in the offering of in each and everything in life, it is ever-present. It's always there. And so today, the challenge would be for us to take what we have perceived as something that we want to eliminate and actually transition into what it truly is and that it's, it's a fuel source. It's something that we can utilize and we can dig into and uh, we can make it become what it was always designed for it to be for us in our life. So, you know, one thing about fear is people often say, you know, I really don't want it. What is it? And so often the it is something, is it good or is it bad? And so fear has unfortunately just taken a wrap. And the truth is, you know, fear does control a lot of people and control them away from their focal points. And it doesn't allow them to be beneficial presence in the world. And so fear does have within it, you know, an uncontrollable aspect. However, fear also has about it a beautiful, beautiful part. And it's, it's something that stirs us. And it's something that if we own our fear and we learn to utilize it, then it can truly become a super, 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 super intoxicating, actually, super beneficial uh, source of energy, of fuel. And something that we can utilize always. So in order for us to get anything out of this podcast, we're going to have to make an aligning value statement. And which is to say that let's just be open in this moment to not label something like fear as bad. I know it's probably, um, you know, a concept that for most of you, you know, you've, you've heard many aligns, something like fear not or um, you know, just do it. Just do what? Yeah, just do not fear, perhaps. You know, so I know this has been something that many of us have seen in a certain way. But for this moment, let's just all agree. I, I challenge you to look at and to keep your lens open and wide. Let's just agree that let's not say fear is bad. Let's just enjoy and explore and see what we discover here. 
Firstly, COVID has allowed us the ability to now not push fear out and label it as something bad. Rather, something that we are recognizing that we will all have to participate with. Choosing to be oblivious that fear exists or even trying to deny that it's controlling the world right now is simply ludicrous at best. Eliminating fear and its entirety was once what most people try to do. But that has clearly become an antiquated concept. Think about it. Before COVID, who wasn't simply trying to wish and wash away their fears? That's antiquated. That just doesn't work anymore. Look at now, today's reality. What do you see in people's faces? What do you see in their eyes? We're not seeing a lot of face right now. We're seeing eyes. But what are you seeing? What are you really feeling when you connect with another human being? Are they going for eliminating fear and thinking they can eliminate fear entirely? Or are they now in the throes of realizing that fear isn't going away and they're going to have to learn how to participate with it? So the question is, what do we do with fear? We can do many things. Today, I'm going to focus on two of the primary, at least what I've observed, people typically reach for. The first is resistance. Resistance solves for the unhealthy type of anger that doesn't make any meaningful contribution to the world. Resistance desires for correction. Correction is at the core of choosing to resist. Labeling things good or bad. Judging oneself. Judging other people. Correction. Resistance resists surprise. Now you can see why um, many people think that's a good thing because truth is there are some surprises that people don't want, but the truth is also there's many surprises that we want. And so when you resist surprise, you resist all surprise. Think about it. The things that really light you up in life, those kinds of surprises, well, resistance resists all of that. Resistance also has this, this belief This undertow that actually what is happening, the fear that is happening, is actually a curse that's designed to stop us and to hold us from making progress. The other option is to dance with it. And you know, dancing with it optimizes for something very different than resisting it. Dancing with it optimizes for connection. Connection with curiosity Connection with the intrigue and the awe and the wonder that life actually is. When we dance with it, we don't resist surprise. But actually what we do is we desire to be transformed by surprise. Dancing with it sees fear as a gift. A gift designed to ensure we make progress in the most impactful, meaningful way. You know, we can all clearly see that how we choose to deal with fear simply defines us. Think about it. You're walking down the street. You come across two individuals, one of which is in a complete knot (laughs) and the other is loose as a goose. What's the difference? Well, the knot individual is filled with anxiety. That kind of person, what they'll do is they'll put the expectation on themselves, put the weight on themselves to label and to judge. Is this good or is this bad? It's fear-based participation. And you know, fear-based participation is willpower participation. And though willpower is good to some degree, but utilizing that much willpower will 
only exhaust your reserves quite quickly. And when your reserves are exhausted, guess what? The only thing that can take root and can take control of your life is that you displaying within yourself anxiousness. What does anxiousness do? It doesn't typically make you feel too great, nor does it make people around you feel calm, centered, and uh, courageous. The other option is to be a non-anxious presence. You know, and to be that type of person, we must go beyond label, beyond the good or the bad, and rather just see whatever is coming into our awareness and how life is coming at us. We take it all on board as mere information, a place where we're gathering information. This is faith-based participation. And you know, faith-based participation is quite different than fear-based participation. Faith-based doesn't utilize willpower. Faith-based is something that provides to us from the soul an endless energy, something that goes on and on and on. So not only does how we fear define us, how we choose to participate with fear determines our destiny. When we resist it, the outcome of our life will be a narrow and a very small life experience. It's me, myself, and I focused. And really what it is, is it's focused on self-protection. Self-protection, folks, is always going to bear mediocre results. And then, of course, if we choose the more utilizable and better option of embracing and dancing with it, the outcome is completely different. We go from a very narrow and small life experience to a very wide and expansive experience. A place where we can onboard many new cultures. It's safe. It's safe for us to not only accept people from different cultures, but it's safe to be inside of environments that are filled with diversity and difference. You know, we move from me to we. And when I think about me to we, and I think about safe environments, you know, embracing and dancing with fear allows us to really accept difference. You know, difference of opinion, difference of faith, difference of belief. You know, we can finally go beyond all those things and we can finally connect with people in a very impactful, meaningful way. So yesterday morning, I engaged in something that I've been participating with for the last five, six years or so. And it's a uh, high-intensity interval training run. And it's and it's unique in its way because it's super simple. It's not long by any nature. It's two minutes of full-out running and a roughly three minutes of relaxation. So as you can see, it's super simple. It's a biohack that, by the way, if you haven't tried, I'd strongly recommend you do. Uh, I have a lot of medical gear in my lab that costs a lot of money. This one, however, all that it requires is a good pair of running shoes and a, a bit of energy and just a bit of uh, desire just to feel um, more alive, right? And so to do the thing that you know can make all the difference. So just as a bit of a backdrop, what happens is you measure at 400 yards, you go on a full-blown sprint for that 400 yards. So it's four football field lengths. And when you get to the end, you lay down. So you collapse like a runner does, which is actually a super healthy response to exhaustion. So you lay down and you'll realize that after roughly 90 seconds, your breathing and heart rate come right back down to baseline. And at that point, you get up. And when you get up, there's a switch that clicks inside your body. 
and something called mitophagy. And mitophagy is simply when you initiate the response of old mitochondria dying off and you invite them to exit your body to make room for fresh, sparkly, new kids on the block, teenagers, <laughs> teenagers inside your cell, the ones that have lots of energy. So you get up and you sprint back the same 400 yards that you just ran. Those last 400 yards, you're going to be squeezing it. You're going to be pushing it. You're going to be giving it your all. You're going to start realizing your knees aren't coming up as high anymore. And you may be feeling a little sluggish, but the idea is to squeeze those old gray-haired mitochondria right through the exit door. <laughs> so last 100 yards of that 400, yeah, you're going to be straining. You're going to be probably gasping. <laughs> what you do is you just give it your all. The idea is to exhaust them completely. The idea is to initiate through your behavior a complete offering of mitochondrial death. You're suggesting to these old guys they're not needed anymore. Thanks for serving me, but we need to get rid of you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> but we're going to now create some space so that the new guys can come in and serve. So um, once you complete that, 400, that last 400 yards, once again, you lay down and you just regain your breath, you observe your heart rate coming back down to baseline, and and then when that's done, you're done. So roughly uh, two minutes of solid running and uh, about three minutes of laying down or relaxing. So you think it's not really that painful of a process. It's pretty simple. And again, folks, if you haven't tried this, I strongly suggest that yes, it is safe to try this at home. <laughs> and the uh, only thing that I will say though is you'll probably experience uh, people becoming concerned of your well-being because if you're laying on the ground, um, you know, down a sidewalk or pathway, people uh, will get this perception that maybe you're not okay. So I know it's happened to me several times. So I, I tend to like to do it super early in the morning or find a really quiet pathway where people don't walk because uh, yeah, it, it tends to really get get people concerned. So anyway. Um, I get up from this experience and I think to myself, hmm, that was interesting. To be honest, I wasn't too pleased with myself. Now, the run was great. However, my experience was very similar to what I'd had when I first started it. And I wasn't okay with that. You know, I think like I already shared, my first experience was full of resistance. It was five years ago. It wasn't today. It was five years ago. I thought I'd really mastered that. I thought... Now that we lived in a new place and it's been five years, truly, and especially with the new sneakers that I had, these new Adidas, surely my experience would be totally different. But somehow I realized that my whole run was still full of anxiety and full of, I don't want to do this, full of labeling, is this good, is this bad? And I just came face to face with, um, what is it? What actually is it about? When something is inside of you, is it locked in there or is there a key someplace that allows us to unlock and to experience something totally different, totally new? So the question that I had for myself as I meandered on home and I was having this discussion with myself inside of my cranium, <laughs> it was pretty full at that time, um, was how do we move from resisting fear to dancing with it? How do we move from allowing fear to make us anxious to a more empowered, non-anxious presence. 
Question is, how do we unlock and unleash ourselves from the stories of our past? Does it work to resist? Resistance through force? By saying, stop doing this, stop being like this. Well, clearly, that hadn't really worked well for me. My run, I started that when I ran in the morning by saying, James, stop thinking this way. Stop. Clearly, that didn't work. Didn't help me anything. Delivered the same outcome that I'd experienced five years ago. Clearly, that wasn't the right key. You know what resistance really is? It's desiring to control the gift instead of just letting the gift become what it was going to be. This requires allowing the gift to move from how you thought it was going to be to how it really is now going to be and how it was really wanting to be. You know, the offer and offering was always there for me to accept it and to embrace it. The offering was always there for me to transcend, but what I'd done is I had attempted to transcend through exclusion. Transcendence through exclusion never works long-term. Short-term, it looks as though it works, but long-term, it never works. The only thing that works long-term is transcendence through inclusion. That looks like no shame, no blame, no heaviness. So as you can see, I'm like you. You know, we as humanity, we're all working through things. We're all working through things together. Though we may all be at different levels of growth, Yet what I've come to appreciate is when you are a serious student of life and committed to lifelong training, we never stop learning. So though we may have mastered something, but there's new places that we need to bring this mastery to. You know, I'll never forget hearing Tony Robbins say at the first date with destiny we attended in 2012, that we always need to prepare for winter because winter is coming. Let's be honest. Winter is a season. After winter comes spring, after spring comes summer, after summer comes fall, and of course we do this all over again. So this is a cyclic. This is something that is inevitable. It just happens. And I remember when he mentioned winter is coming, uh, at that time I was probably really focused on economics. And so of course, when you focus on something, that becomes what you think winter will be about. And so if my focus is economics, then winter might mean that there's less economic availabilities. And so Never in a million years would I have thought that this winter that we're currently going through, what COVID has brought to the surface, was going to be about fear and fear about accepting uncertainty and fear about accepting working through things in a brand new way. And, you know, winter being exposing that undeveloped muscle of fear that we had and emotionally how we would reveal to ourselves and how we'd observe in others how whether that controlled their life or whether they had control on their fear and over their fear and utilize fear in a good way. So again, never did I imagine, nor I think could any of us have imagined that this winter would look quite like this. So my question to you becomes, what will you do about COVID and the fear and the plentiful amounts that it's offered up for you? Will you resist the gift or will you embrace the gift? Because truthfully, Everything in life is a gift. And until we realize the thing that we've labeled as bad, until we've realized that perhaps we have labeled too quickly, perhaps we've labeled incorrectly, until we realize that the thing that we've been resisting and trying to avoid and push and wish and wash away is actually not to be desired to be eliminated and avoided at all. It is to be embraced and to be mined from. 
and to be utilized well. Now, it's my belief and best guess that you came and listened to this podcast to this point. We're almost completed because what you actually desire is to make a difference in your life. You didn't come to waste your time. You didn't come to be entertained. You came to be engaged. You came because you actually desired a shift in your perspective. This inner desire makes it clearly obvious that you are a serious student of life. Now, what I learned a long, it's been a many moon ago time, is never leave the scene of a new realization or finer distinction without making a brand new decision. Question is, what is your new decision going to be in relation to how you now participate with fear? Firstly, how have you participated with fear in the past? How has it actually worked for you? What has it not allowed you to experience in life? How has your old way of dealing with fear actually created more loss than gain? You see, we in life only ever make change when we realize that we're losing more than we're gaining. The only reason you haven't adjusted yet how you participate with fear is because you're in this trance of believing you're actually gaining more from your old way than losing. I want you to become real and realize you're actually losing more than you're gaining. When you realize that, that's when you make a shift. Second question is, when you think about this new way, how do you want fear to serve you now? Will you continue resisting or will you be about the long worthy work of training your fear muscle to become another fuel source to help you become a more connected, beneficial presence to the world. Now, I think I touched on this in an earlier podcast, but when we make decisions, we must make them from a place of decisiveness. The other option is to be negotiable with our decisions, which is not making a decision at all. Being negotiable is simply having preferences. Decisive is non-negotiable. Trick is, You never want to deal with non-negotiables. You want to tie this thing up um, without tying it up and becoming decisive. You just create open loops. And so non-negotiables are the things that lead your life. Preferences do nothing. As a little hint, when we created decisive decisions, we use decisive words like I will, I must, and now. Preference words are things like I can, I want to, I'm thinking about, They're very loose words that create zero commitment to act. So that's the difference. Decisive words bring into your awareness that action isn't something you're going to contemplate or even negotiate with. Action's a must. Where preference words are like, "Um, I think I want to, and there's no hard-baked definitive that action's required, which therefore leads to zero results, which is why it's not a decision. A decision is when action is actually follow through on and it comes in how you language things. So be very aware that when you make a decision that you get super clear. And again, decisive words are things like I will, must, and using the word now. So I just want you to take some time and really contemplate. Contemplate how have you participated with fear in the past? How has it worked for you? What has it not allowed you to experience in life? How has your old way of dealing with your fear actually created more loss than gain? And secondly, how do you want fear to serve you now? Will you continue resisting or will you be about the long worthy work of training your fear muscle to become another fuel source? 
Allow it to become a gift. Allow yourself to become more connected and become a bigger beneficial presence with more impact, more influence over yourself. So my invitation for you now is for those of you that are curious and want to go deeper, those of you that know you now must master the art of dancing with fear in a non-anxious way, you can reach out to me by going to my website. So simply go to www.jameshepner.com. The spelling is J-A-M-E-S-H-E-P-P-N-E-R.com. And when you come to my main page, you'll notice that I'm hosting a group conversation, which we're going to be starting the week of June 27th. The program is called Rebooting Your Life, Taking Back the Controls of Your Life, 90 Days to Mastery. So there's three separate modalities, three separate sections, um, four weeks per modality, um, emotional, mental, and physical mastery. And so each topic will be dialing in for 45 minutes to an hour per call. And that'll be four calls per modality. So that's a 12-week program. You're going to learn how to convert the downturn into the year of your upturn. Now, for those of you that would consider yourself a super hungry soul, there's another option for you. And I'd recommend that you apply uh, for a one-on-one conversation. And so that's my one-on-one coaching program. Simply go to the website, like I mentioned earlier, jameshepner.com, and find the contact us button and um, apply there. So I will say there is a current wait list of 45 days or so, but again, for those of you that want to master beyond doing it in a group setting and want to do it more on an individual basis, uh, feel free to connect with me on the one-on-one coaching just by contacting me via the contact page. So with that, I want to leave you with this. Enjoy the never-ending invitation of fear. Enjoy its many gifts. Enjoy allowing it to become the gift it was meant to be. You know, the truth is we are all actually participating with fear anyway. For the person that says, nope, I don't have fear. Uh, I'm not dealing with it. Well, they've made their decision. The decision is they choose to participate with it in an unhelpful way by repressing it, denying it, wishing, washing it away. Listen, why not actually engage with it in a more helpful, healthy, and expansive way? A way that says fear is a gift. Fear will be my rocket fuel. Fear is something that I have sidestepped and tried to avoid for too long. Why not instead say, I will now choose to participate with it in a brand new way. I'll see it as my friend, not my foe. So like always, I'm here for you and I'm here with you. Enjoy the journey of finding a way to dance with it, to create a new, unique, and discovering a source of rocket fuel that will carry you for a very far way. You know, it's challenging work, but you know, I'll tell you something, it can be done. I'd suggest, and I challenge you, that it must be done. I've really enjoyed recording this podcast for you folks, and I hope my sincere hope is that you've gleaned a few nuggets for yourself and a few pieces of interest that help you move forward in your unique journey. So again, I thank you for joining me here. This is James Hepner clocking out. Until next time, peace out, rock up.